So I simply told my daughter, I said, you know, this plate of side dishes, this, this, this stuff here, just let it go. This is, if the plane's going down, you're low on fuel and you're in the throes of a good, of, of, of a good, a good meat sweat. This is, this is, you cut the cord, you cut the cord, you know, (laughs) the side dishes are like cargo, you know, when a plane's going down, that's the first to go, baby. Let it go. Hey, what's up, everybody? I gotta keep it high energy today, folks. Gotta keep keep a continuity narrative thread going because I'm trying to kind of dull out the background sound of the rain. I don't want I don't want my audience falling asleep, you know, to the sound of rain. Not. I want them falling. To, I want them falling to sleep because, the, you know, for the usual reason. You know, I want. I don't want. And I think the the idea of like having an ASMR podcast is ahead of it, kind of ahead of its time. But at the same time, people are driving through the Central Valley on the highways of California, just probably falling asleep and all that shit. You know what I mean? No, I'm sorry. But uh, hey, welcome to the show, everybody. You know, it's a hard word to spell. I was trying to spell this as collagen. Because originally I spelled it with an E and then an A, but it's an A and then an E. You know, it's kind of like, um, like cigar. Like shouldn't, shouldn't cigar be S-U-G-A-R, cigar, but no, it's sugar. (laughs) Maybe that, that, that was probably already taken. Like sugar was probably, they're like, whatever this stuff is, or I mean the, uh, the, um, the cigar, they're like, whatever this thing is, they should call it like a, like a, I don't know, like a cigar, but we already have cigar. There's big mounds of cigar in, 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 in our, in our bowls, in our, in our uh, you know, in our, in our, in the, in the sacks in our barn, <laughs> sacks of cigar. No, no, no. Okay. All right. So then what we got to do is we got to change the pronunciation. So. Yeah, no. Let's, let's just leave it like it is. We'll just go to a different spelling. Yeah. We'll leave, uh, I don't know where I'm going with this, people. I don't know. You know, uh, you know what I, you know what was really interesting, though? Is, uh, I was reading, uh, my news feed, and it said that, um, the Grateful Dead have just, uh, um, they just set probably their most unlikely record in music history uh, which was that they uh, uh, for most top 40 albums which is kind of an odd uh, the great it says here on NPR on NPR 
That's funny. NPR. Like, I don't know if they would... I don't know. Are they on the same page as the, the dead? I don't know. Because the dead was... The dead is not what a lot of people think they are, right? So decades after the Grateful Dead split up, it sets a record for most top 40 albums. The band's latest archival release, Dave's Picks, Volume 49, made the list. Which is odd. That gave the Grateful Dead its 59th top 40 album. Jesus Christ, I got 59. Because Dead, I don't, I don't know. I mean, Dead fans probably recognize that there's like that many albums. I guess, kind of. Like, oh, bro, there's got to be like at least five, man. And, uh. But that's the extent of their that's the extent of their pursuit or connection or efforts to care, honestly, I think probably. Uh, but the 59th top 40 album won more than both Elvis and Frank Sinatra. Uh, oh, this is a transcript. This is an NPR transcript. I'm not reading this shit. So, it says here, soundbite of song truckin', Grateful Dead singing truckin', truckin', like the dude a man keep truckin', and then it says, Steve Inskeep host, so he must be the host, good morning, I'm Steve Inskeep, decades after splitting up, the Grateful Dead set a new record for most top 40 albums. The group's latest archival release, Dave's Picks, Volume 49, made the list. Who cares? Um, but it is, but, uh, but this to me, that, and, and who cares? Like, who cares? Like, Grateful Dead fans don't listen to their albums. They, they listen to, like, concerts, all right? But the most interesting thing to me to me was when I was typing it in a note, I was typing a note to myself, I texted to myself, is that it auto-populated. I think that's so cool. I think that's super cool when um, you, when you're typing in something in our cultural zeitgeist and it auto-populates, you're like, even my fucking phone knows that guy. Even my fucking phone knows that band. Even my fucking phone knows that movie, man. That's so cool, man. Um, maybe, unless I've just trained it through AI. It's probably what, it's probably, that's probably the reality. Um, so, uh, uh, uh. So what else? What 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 else you got, man? Well, um, I'm gonna cut to the chase, people. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not stupid. No, um, I I was uh, listening to uh, Dave Smith's podcast, um, and. Um, the hell the name of this podcast is really good about um uh oh part of the problem yeah that that uh libertarian 
honk. He's a libertarian honk, but he's he's pretty. I gotta I gotta give this guy credit, but uh, he's um, he, he's a, he's very politically uh, savvy, um, and he's not letting the Israelis off the hook, even though the fact that he himself is Jewish, and uh, but he has he's had. RFK on his podcast a couple times. So he's got some, uh, you know, he's got a little bit of sway. And, uh, but he's also a stand-up comedian. Like, it's kind of interesting. I mean, stand-up comedians, uh, if you really delve in, seem to be a kind of a barometer for the culture, right? So it's like, uh, like it's like when, what's his name? Um, Dick Gregory brought the Zapruder film onto the uh, Geraldo Rivera show, which uh, which is so odd. Like the first time anybody had ever seen the, the Zapruder film. Speaking of uh, Kennedy's, was uh, on like a nationally uh, televised talk show, and it was introduced to us by a, a comedian Dick Gregory and uh, so they have and and they have to be obviously they have to be kind of culturally uh, hip to certain things they got to know at least know about it um, to comment on it and to give a spin on it or, um, or a valid take rather you know but he uh, uh, but he had made a point in mentioning, and I thought this was interesting because I I don't know I eventually I eventually would have probably come across this, but uh, fucking Shane Gillis is hosting Saturday Night Live, like what? Like that is so wild. Like we're through the looking glass on this one, people. Like we've kind of come full circle. Like this guy got canceled. What a couple years ago or whatever it was when he um, auditioned and then was accepted by Lorne Michaels, uh, well, you know, obviously one of the most influential comedic producers to ever uh, do the job. And then uh, whatever, t- two days later was fired because they dredged up some old stuff on, on, a, on a podcast or something. That he'd said uh, in re- relation to, I think Asians. I don't even know what he what he said. Nor do I. Ca- I mean, um, comedians are, 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 you know, their first objective, first and foremost, is is it funny? Is it funny? Will it make you laugh? Second is like, okay, where do you, you know, is it harm? I mean, is it going to do any harm? Typically, no. They're not, you know, their objective is not. Uh, to create havoc or discourse or confusion, more so just for the they just going for the laugh, man. But anyway, so he got I guess he got, he kind of got canceled I guess and uh, went on to Rogan's show, pleaded his case, kind of, and I remember when he did it because I didn't know who this guy was and he went on there, but he'd been making his he'd been making the rounds, you know. Um, I don't know where, I think he's originally from like Philly or something, somewhere, you know, Ohio or Philly or one of those kind of 
mm, strange borderline East Coast rednecky type states, and then, but he was in New York, kind of cutting his teeth, I guess, or you know, he'd been doing it for quite a while, and for whatever reason, and I don't know, I don't know. I mean, because Saturday Night Saturday Night Live is, I don't. I I have no desire. I'm not compelled in any way to watch it anymore because it's just so, just dumb. It's really dumb. Like Pete Davidson, I thought was cool just because of the celebrity kind of cult of personality around him. Not so much his actual work he did on there, um, but isolated as himself. There was a obviously a cult of personality around him. Like who, like who's he gonna date next? Like that's the whole joke. It's like, you know, this poor guy who's like, you know, he looks like um, a cancer survivor, right? And uh, I think he's hilarious. Um, he's a, he's really funny he, in stand up. He's very good. It's just a weird combination of like I don't know. I don't know why stand ups try out for Saturday Night Live. Um, Sketch comedy is kind of different. Improv- improvisational comedy is different than kind of in a, in a it's a, just a different discipline. I mean, they could, it's all, I don't know. It seems to me, it seems to me it's a different muscle that you're using. But, but anyway, I digress. I'm rambling on here, but, um, but, uh, but it's just not a funny show anymore. You know, it, it, I think it peaked in the seventies and then it had a couple moments in the eighties with Eddie Murphy. And then they had a kind of resurgence in the nineties with like Will Ferrell and, um, and those guys. But, uh, it's just not a, it it used to be a real hip, like real hip show. Like it was the hip show. It's no longer, I, I wouldn't associate it with anything hip, not by any means. You know, when you got like whoever that guy Bowen Yang is, I don't know who that is. I just know he just got apoplectic and just broke out in hives or something when Elon Musk showed up or something. Or I don't know, had some kind of protest or who fucking knows. But um, but anyway, so long story short, Shane Gillis got fired because they dredged up some old uh, kind of diatribe from an old podcast. It was probably a little transgressive, but it's just... Again, it's always just in an effort to be to be funny, not at not at anybody's expense. Um, although some might see it that way, but typically, no, I don't think it's at anybody's expense, you know. And uh, but now, you know, he was, and in and in and in, I don't know. There was probably a certain amount of vilification, and again, I did not follow up on it. I just know I I remember listening to him. When he went on to Rogan and he's asking for Rogan's help, like, you know, help me. I mean, he literally, I think he literally kind of, you you know, saw his spot on Rogan's show as like a, some kind of salvation of sorts, some kind of, re- I don't know, a lifeline, you know. Not that he could do anything, I don't, you know. But in essence, he was done. And, uh, And he just kind of put his head down and just kind of kept doing his stand-up spots. And then he just, but I, but I, I think his his exposure, like the patterned, repeated exposure on on Rogan for one, 
kind of helped him. And then he kind of, I, you know, I, maybe Rogan did take him under his wing. You know, I don't know these guys. Uh, he's got his clicky little club there with Ari Shafir and Tom Segura and Bert Kreischer. I'll give, I'll, I don't know. Yeah. And, and then, and then, you know, all these guys that do that, um, protect our parks type, uh, podcast episodes, you know, where it's just the four of them. Is it like four? And then Mark, Norman. I give Mark Norman a pass because Mark Norman doesn't seem like he's part, you know, he seemed like he was really, uh, kind of his own, in my opinion, he seemed like he, he was his own guy. He wasn't really part of that click, but, but anyway, whatever. Uh, by so it's like I guess it's like Joe Walsh being in the Eagles. Like Joe Walsh was really fucking awesome prior to the Eagles, right? And uh, but anyway, so I like Shane Gillis. I don't I, now that I know about him. I didn't know about him before. Matter of fact, I'm going to see him in March uh, at uh, Thunder Valley. My daughter, my daughter, my producer daughter. She's she loves him. She loves it. And I I, I don't know, but. Um, and I and I'm I'm cool with him. I got she gave me an opportunity. She gave me a choice. Do you want to see John Mulaney? John Mulaney just was here uh, last month at Thunder Valley. I think I think it was Thunder Valley, and then Shane Gillis in March. And I'm like, well, I I lean towards John Mulaney. I think they're both. I think he's brilliant. I think he's brilliant. But he's also he was a he was a writer on Saturday Night Live, and uh, and I, but Shane Gillis, I. I it, I do think it's funny, but I would probably go to John Mulaney first. But I'll, but I know she likes Shane Gillis, so we're gonna go see Shane Gillis for my birthday, you know. And, uh, but, uh, but now he's hosting Saturday Night Live. That's so wild. They're like, I think there's some amount of contrition there. I think there's some amount of contrition. I think they're like, eh, maybe we, maybe we overstated. His villainous ways, <laughs> you know, like all these, you know, ugh. Ugh, it's just that gross, that gross culture of just, you know, shutting somebody out, right? Making them, um, you know, putting them through some kind of penance, you know, for being. Now I get it. Like if you're just, fu- if you're one of those guys that got caught, like punching the clown on the Zoom call, you know rubbing one out, like, you're a fucking gross piece of shit, right? I mean, guys do that, but not on live calls. Uh, Jeffrey Tubin, you know who I'm talking about. And, uh, because <laughs> that's just gross, like, I mean, dude, you can't control it enough to not do it on a Zoom call that may or may not be live? Like, you're really gonna, you're gonna skirt that edge? You're gonna ride that edge? Fuck, bro. So, you know, if you got caught beating off in front of somebody, you probably deserve a little bit of fucking something, right? A little bit of, uh, a little bit of cancellation there. But, but uh, or just get fired. Just fire that fuck. Like, get the fuck out of here, you sick fuck. But if you just, t- who, I mean, even the Asians say Asian jokes. I was driving behind a person the other day that had a bumper sticker that said, caution, Asian woman driving. I'm assuming that's an Asian woman that's driving that car, right? So we've all, look, man, we've all said, we've all said an off-color joke, right? I mean, the ethnicities 
all get you know they all they all play musical chairs right they're like ganging up on the white people ganging up on them caucasians like where is caucasia anywhere and uh but uh anyway it, i think maybe in conjunction with the contrition it was it probably ha- it, it probably helped aside from the exposure on Rogan I think it helped his might have helped his career to actually uh, be like a a weather vane well not a weather vane but like a um, you've become a um, like a harbinger of it's it's bad press is what it is and bad press is good pre- bad press is always good press right I mean ask CNN right I mean, look at, look at, look at how far along, like Donald Trump's probably going to win the fucking election because those jackasses at CNN just can't get over it. Can't let it die. Can't like, I was telling you like that clip that, uh, I sent my mom, uh, the Bill Burr clip that on Jimmy Kimmel, where he's talking about, just ignore these people. If you just ignore these people, they'll go away, you know, but bad press is good press, right? Like there's this, uh, like I'd, I'd seen something like um, I was on li- or in an Instagram or something that said something like you know Lamborghini drivers. Um, how did it go? It said something about like um, you ever notice that Lamborghini doesn't advertise on TV because Lamborghini drivers don't watch television, right? Or they don't like it's. I don't know if that's. A, the best example, but it's like, it's, there's like a halo brand, like, uh, Apple, Apple was, uh, this was a big deal for Apple is like this halo effect, right? Any association with that is like seemingly raises your cultural IQ or something, but, uh, but there's no, I mean, iPod actually fucking Apple did a lot of, uh, advertising, but uh, but take a, another example would would be like uh, Elon Musk. Like Tesla, do, Tesla doesn't advertise. You know why? Because he is their spokesperson, and he is always in the press. Do you think all, you know? You think all this fucking sideways rhetoric, like when he's saying like uh, you know his pronouns are prosecute Fauci, like which is brilliant. I think. Um, you think that that's not advertising for Tesla, that is advertising for Tesla, right? So they don't need to run ads. They don't need to spend money on it. I mean, he didn't want to spend money on ads, but he wanted to make it ha- make a halo effect for the the brand itself, Tesla, right? And I think that's kind of what happened with Shane Gillis. That could be. I think he just, that uh, he basically got the bad press and people were like, well, who's this? Like me. Like, who's it? Like, let's find out. Okay, this guy's interesting. Yeah, you know, he's funny. He's very funny, you know? He's very talented. And uh, and he just kept, you know, he put his head down and he just went, he just kept going with who he was. And then that, that halo, it's probably the halo effect that caught up with him. Like, so the, the buzz that was created. Um, like, this guy got kicked off Saturday Night Live. What? What? Oh, shit, why? Well, let's go see. And then you do a deep dive. You go down a rabbit hole, and there you are. And that's why he's hosting Saturday Night Live, bitch. Because, uh, you know, 
it all comes full circle, right? I mean, isn't that the weirdest fucking shit ever? You know? But I think it's funny. I think it's wild. Um, you know, I, cancellations can be a good pub, public... Public... Like, fucking Rogan gained like 2,200,000 followers during uh, their attempt to cancel him. And what a blatant... What a blatant attempt that was, you know? CNN put like filters on him, making him look yellow and stuff. <laughs> Because he didn't take the vaccine. Like, fucking gay. Fucking stupid. But, um, but, uh, that's not, but that's not why I came here. That's not why I brought you all here. Right? Speaking of, speaking of my producer daughter. So we took her out. I, it was, so we went to the basketball game. And, uh, that was, that was really a kind of, uh, birthday outing initially. But it was like a week and a half before her actual birthday. So her actual birthday came, and I thought, eh, you know, it's, it's it's we're so far removed from the Kings game, from the basketball game that it's almost like we need to get another. We need to do something. We need to give her another. So we took her out, and we went out uh, to uh, this Brazilian steakhouse again. And man, oh. My, my, my colon is just, it's still just like in shock, but so fucking good. And it was a good day. It was a fun night. It was good. It was like, and, and, uh, but she, uh, and she really enjoyed it too, which was cool. And I was just, <laughs> it's just, uh, I didn't want to over, overstate it and I didn't want to overwhelm like I let, I let the, I, it's kind of an experience. It's kind of like, you know, the server kind of walks you through the process about flipping the, you know, you, you've got a little green and red card that you flip over. Like when it, when it's green side up, you want, bring it out, bring, bring out the, the, the these big skewers of, of uh, what's well, called Rodizio style, which is like basically like rotisserie. It's like. This is flame uh, over open flame. It's just turned and turned and turned again. Oh, I went over all this shit. Francis Malman. It's kind of. I think it's kind of loosely inspired by Francis Malman, but it's kind of. It's been packaged and then it's been marketed and then it's been sold to the, uh, you know, the middle class suburbanite consumer as it as some kind of cultural, you know, <laughs> whatever. Right. Oh God, we gotta go. You know, we gotta get we gotta get there. Like, but we went there, and I uh, <laughs> and I so I just kind of like I I didn't over explain it. I let him do it, but uh, the idea is like all these guys. You know, these guys are coming. It's like those. It's like the guy. It's like the guys that were uh, that busted out of the the. the Busted into the room and uh, Polar Express with all the hot chocolate. These guys do this. They come out and they got skewers of uh, lamb chops, filet mignon, you know, uh, pork belly, ugh, chicken, Parmesan chicken. Oh, it's so fuck. And you just, but initial, but but you start. You go up and you. There's a preemptive. You grab. You get a plate and you get like the sides. 
the sides are kind of the, an accompaniment. You know, you've got this this different cheeses and some goudas and uh, some uh, asparagus, olives, uh, pasta salads, uh, just complimentary stuff, right? And the one thing I so the one thing I did coax them on, I said was. Uh, these side dishes, when you get them, when you bring them, you know, are like, uh, it's like the cargo when a plane is going down. These are the first things to go. Okay. So save yourself when they start bringing out the skewers, the, the, the long skewers of, of meat that they're cutting off for you. They give you tongs, you know, you just like, you just, it's just rabbit. It's very, ra- I mean, it's like a, it's like a vegan's like nightmare, like where they're worse, <laughs> their worst nightmare. It would be like, it's like Clockwork Orange, you know, and uh, what's his name? Malcolm McDowell, they've got his eyes pried open, like, and they're showing him all that stock footage of, you know, hellscapes. Like, that That in essence is what this is to a vegan, right? And uh, so I said, you know, when, uh, yeah, when it comes down to it, I mean, you're going to get the meat sweats. You're going to get the meat sweats, but you're in it, and you, you just... You put your head down and you keep moving forward and conversation get tends to be limited. But, uh, but just remember, you know, when the fuel is low in the gas tank and the plane's starting to swerve a little, you fucking get rid of that asparagus, get rid of the cheeses, get rid of the fucking pasta salads, olives, fucking leave it behind. Let it go. Let it go. (laughs) Just keep your, keep the meat coming, bro. Keep, I mean, I, Oh God, it's so good. But it's like, you just like, fuck, man. You, you, you really got to, you got to pace yourself, right? And you take a little break and then you get back on the, like, you get back on the horse, but you like, but when you're done, you're done. Like, you know, and then you, oh my God, it's so good. It's so good. And, uh, and then you waddle out, right? But that was that, that was it. But what was nice though was like, it's, uh, I guess it's like, uh, you know, it's supposedly Argentinian, but well, okay, no, no. Okay. I get it. Okay. So it's, it's inspired. It's an Argentinian inspired Brazilian, you know, gauchos, gauchos, these, excuse me, um, these, um, Brazilian cowboys that are that cooked on open flame, which is what Francis Malman does. He just takes this band of, you know, young, skinny Argentinians around with him and they just cook outdoors. They cook in Central Park and they cook over open flames and they got these they got these pineapples hanging by strings and that's what you get at this restaurant. But it's but they were but it's I guess it's yeah, I guess it is because they were playing this Portuguese mute well they're playing girl from Ipanema. The girl from Ipanema goes walking, and when she passes East Town, she passes go. But I was tripping out though because. It all makes sense though, because it's por- like there is it's Portuguese, but the Portuguese, but that's what the Brazilians speak. They speak Portuguese, which is odd because, but it's not odd because the Portuguese were also colonizers, like uh, 
the French and the English. Uh, and they just happen to get to Brazil first, I guess. All right? So, so there you have it. So that's... So... Mm, that was the evening. It was nice. It was very good. And... Uh, but... Uh, but other than that... Uh, and the big game's coming up. Um... And, uh, I, gosh, it's been a while, but I haven't been, I haven't been this uninterested in a, in a football game in a a long time, a long time. So, but, uh, it, but what can you do? There's nothing else I can, nothing else, not much else I can say or do in regards to, uh, to any of that bullshit, right? But, uh. Oh well. Um, other than that, I got nothing else. I mean, I hope you guys are having a great week. We're kind of sorting through some weather here. It's got some rain going. I don't know if you can hear it. And, uh, but yeah, just keep maintaining, keep steering the course, keep, keep, keep. Keep on keeping on, man. Keep on trucking, you know, like the dead dude, you know. Trucking, got my chips cashed in. Keep trucking, like the dude, man. Na 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 na, a da ba dee da dum, a just dee da da. Ho ho, whoa ho, wee dee dee, ring ding 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 Sometimes the lights all shining on me. Other times I can barely see. Lately it occurs to me. What a long, strange trip has been. That's all I got for you, folks. I'll talk at you later. Arrivederci, baby.